Shit, I'm never like you know it's but you pack it with the automatics. We gon' set them to have it. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, hey. Woo! <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Tom Kayat. This is the Ultimate Men's Playbook Podcast. Today we're talking about seven traits of high performers. So do you consider yourself a high performer or are you a low baller? All right, so let's see how you stack up. What we're going to do is we're going to do a interactive type workshop. It's a score of one to 10 in each of these traits. 10 means you're a beast. You're killing it. You're just, you're a total champion. One means you fucking suck. So over the course of the seven traits, the best score you could get is 70. You are like elite, creme de la creme, can't be better than a 70. Seven, meaning you score one out of uh, 10 in each of these, like you got to get some serious help because things are not going well for you at all. Let's see how you do. Number one, you spend time with go-getters. So in other words, you spend time with impressive people. You have their attention. You associate with them. You talk to them on a regular basis. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't have to be a lot of people. It could be three or four people. So let's say it's three or four. Do you have three or four people in your life who you can contact on a regular basis who are kicking ass for real? Think about it. And if you're not, and you've only got one or two, you're going to score a little lower. If you've got nobody, give yourself a one. Now, here's the thing. I've got one close associate who's making moves all the time. He's making big moves all the time. He commands attention and he wins. There's a magnetism to him. I got to tell you, I get excited when I hear him. Okay, I get excited when I talk to him. I get motivated because what happens is if this guy can do it, I can do it. Or the least I can do is half of what he's doing. So winners hang around with people who are go-getters. High performers hang around impressive people. If you're not hanging around people who get you juiced up with life, guess what? You're not a high performer. Now understand something. There's a flip side to this. Sometimes what happens is you start comparing. Shit, man, like I chose the wrong vehicle. I'm a school teacher. I make dollars $100,000 a year. And here's this person making a million dollars a year. Like I'm making a fraction of what they're making. Well, I'm not as good as him. Understand something. It's not about the vehicle. What it comes down to is you're comparing work ethic. You're comparing energy levels. You're comparing drive. Okay, don't ever compare results because some people just truly do have a better vehicle. All right, it's the same as a doctor who's making $250,000 a year. They chose a better vehicle than a school teacher. All right, and then you've got entrepreneurs who obviously, yeah, that's a high-risk game. You could either do shitty in business or do really well. But what I don't want you to do is compare the income. What I want you to compare is work ethic, energy levels, drive. The reality is, Whenever I'm around go-getters and impressive people, I get uncomfortable. I get uncomfortable because I know I can do more. How about you? Is there someone who motivates you that you're around on a regular basis? If you've got one person like that, you need to have conversations with that person on a regular basis. See what they're up to. Draw from them. Get some experience from them. Um, ask for details so you can learn from them. If you've got two people like that, You've got to bump up your score. That's really good. Three or four, and you're actually inspired by them and take action from it, give yourself a 10. That's trait number one. Trait number two, you're a master of your time. 
So here's some key things here. Number one, you focus on the things that will give you the biggest results. Number two, you do first things first. All right, the things are highest priority. Number three, total focus, no distractions. Give yourself a score, one out of 10. 10 meaning you are completely focused and a complete master of your time. One means you get nothing done. Now here's the thing. You're in a situation where if you can get rid of all daily distractions, notifications, unnecessary texts, um, social media, TV, and you focus on go time, getting the biggest rocks done for the biggest results, you become a master of your time. Where do you score? Where do you score at a 10? Now, if you're struggling with this, the first thing I recommend you do is look at your calendar and look at the things that give you the biggest results. Focus on them. If you could do that alone, all of a sudden you move from wherever you are to a seven or an eight because at least you're getting shit done. If you eliminate all of the distractions and you're totally focused, guess what happens? Now you're starting to move up to a nine or 9.5 or even a 10. Now, does that mean you neglect your kids, you neglect your wife and take care of business? No, no, no. You're a master of your time. You're a master of all of it. It means you schedule in kids time. You schedule in spouse time. You schedule in time to recover and recuperate. You schedule in me time. You schedule in coaching time. You schedule all of it. You become a master. And I'll tell you right now, if you want to look up uh, Stephen Covey's First Things First, wicked book on this, a time blocking system where you got a calendar, whether it's on the computer or a pen and paper, start adopting these practices so you can best use your time. So number two, are you a master of your time? Where do you score? Give yourself a score at a 10. Number three, you separate emotion from business. So in negotiations, guys, I've got a template I use. I have a plan and I stick with it. I don't get riled up um, anytime with emotion because it doesn't serve me. Even some, something like getting into shape. When I say I mean business, I mean business. It means detaching the emotion of getting sidetracked. There are certain times where I just don't feel like working out. I feel shitty. Okay, the fridge breaks down. There's a, a leak in the pool that I've got to fix. Who knows? It could be five, a $5,000 repair, right? Does that mean, woe is me, I shut down, I don't train? No, I detach the emotion from it. Okay, you know what? We got to take care of this. No problem. Let's get the workout in. All right. What I want you to do is I want you to separate your emotions that might distract you from doing what you need to do and take care of business. All right. That is such a key trait to have. Where do you rank with that? How good are you with that? If you are a beast and you just use the emotions in a positive way to stimulate success, give yourself a 10. If you find that you constantly sabotage yourself because of your emotions, Give yourself a one, a two, a three, and then how are you going to go about fixing it? Okay. Attach your emotions, uh, positive emotions to goals to help propel you to success and detach yourself from a negative emotion. Number four, know how to commit to something. Committing to something is easy, but fulfilling that commitment is not. So when you commit to a project, a partnership, Number one, what I want you to do is I want you to be proactive. I want you to think things through. 
Okay, is this the right move? What's the end game? What are the pros and cons? Take a bit of time before committing to something to make a chart, pros, cons, and write everything out and just weigh on it. And then from there, talk to some close advisors. Hey, this is what I'm thinking of committing to. What do you think? Number two, remember your reputation is on the line. When you commit to something, you need to be consistent and you need to act with integrity. Question is, where do you rack, uh, 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 rank when it comes down to commitment to something? When I say I'm all in on a project, that's my word. You have to mean it, otherwise you look bad. More, only, more importantly, you've chipped away at your own integrity and you don't end up following through. People just look at you and go, you know what? This person doesn't commit to anything and they just won't call on you. So where do you rank with commitment? Hopefully you're at a seven or an eight and moving towards a 10. Number five, high performers worry about themselves first. You come first. Now that's contradictory to what you would think, okay? So listen, if I had to take a bullet for my wife or my kids, 100%, I'm gonna dive in front of that bullet. I don't put myself first. But what I mean is this, when it comes down to your health, your fitness, your income making ability, you come first. Because the moment you take care of yourself in terms of your health and your income making ability, you're better able to serve everybody else. There's nothing worse than the father who does everything for their kids to take them to soccer practices, to help them with their homework, to help make them their food and cut up their food for them. And you do fucking jack shit with making money and you're a fat slop. They're going to look at you and say, thanks, dad. They're going to take you for granted and they're not going to respect you because you have no fucking goals. And they're going to know eventually that you live through them. But when you worry about yourself first, and you take care of yourself, they see that. You're a walking, talking example of what should be done. And guess what ends up happening? They see you take care of your food plate and you're making this really good dish. They're gonna learn from you. Say, hey kid, come on over here. Let me show you how to make this food. Let me show you what a healthy plate looks like. By the way, you gotta cut up your own veggies, throw them on the plate. You gotta make you self-sufficient. Is that smart? Of course it is. How about income making? You pull your wife over to the side and say, here, hey, listen, here's the goal for our family. This is what we want to achieve. I'm going to need a couple of hours every day to focus on this so we can best serve the family. You in? She's going to look at you and say, damn right, I'm in. Like, how much money are we looking at making here? Well, this is what I'm trying to do. She's going to be turned on by that, especially if you succeed. And you start buying her a gift or two, right? So worry about yourself first. With shitty health, you're useless to everybody. You don't serve anybody. There's nothing selfish about that. Best me serves, best serves others. The best me inspires the most people. The best me provides best for my family. Start putting yourself first. If you were given an arena to completely transform your body, your focus, your finances, and your family, would you take me up on it? Join the league leagueofelite.com all right number six accept and learn from failure high performers do that failure is nothing but a growth opportunity failure generates emotion it builds character it makes you become tougher ask yourself what's the lesson in the failure and take immediate action to grow
So many people fail and then they become gun shy. Oh, I'm never going to try this again. I'm just, I cannot fail again. No way. I'm not going to allow myself to do that. So they end up playing small. High performers don't do that. They do the exact opposite. You fail, no big deal. Let's change the course of action and let's move forward. Let's realize what didn't work and let's change that to something that does work. Let's find out the deficiency in my personality so I can fix it. Maybe I need to communicate better. Maybe I need to listen better. Maybe I need to apply some better skills or strategies. All right. So always accept that failure is a learning opportunity. That's what winners do. I remember competing in a 2012 bodybuilding competition. It was the world championships. I placed fourth in the world. Uh, I remember right after the competition, I was so jacked. I mean, this was a big deal for me. And uh, I went with my son to an all-you-can-eat buffet and a Mexican restaurant. I think they, we probably did them over the course of two days. I went from 173 pounds shredded. And even though I didn't eat the equivalent calories for this to happen, I went from 173 to 195 in one week. I gained 22 pounds. I felt like a failure, like what the fuck happened to me? 22 pounds in a week? It didn't even make sense, it didn't even register. And I realized um, after a competition where your body is completely deprived of food, calories, this 3,500 calories uh, to gain a pound, that no longer applied. I couldn't even explain the science before that, uh, behind that. Here's the thing, lesson learned. That was probably the last time I ever gained that kind of weight ever again. Since then, I've gained no more than seven, eight pounds over the course of a year, ever. I learned my lesson. I needed to learn that lesson because the moment I learned that, I was too scared shitless to ever, ever tamper with my diet again. And since then, it's been 2012, 10 years later, I've always remained lean because of that lesson. So was it a failure or was it the ultimate learning opportunity to keep me healthy? That's the way you gotta look at it. Give yourself a score. One out of 10, where do you rank with regards to your ability to accept failure, turn it around and make it a learning experience. Final one, number seven, value education. Be a lifelong learner. I love my phone because I'm connected to the internet. Every day I'm learning new things, new recipes, new recovery techniques, new languages, new technologies, new places, new cultures. I know with every single conversation, I don't care who I'm talking to, I'm going to learn something from that person. It might be something tiny, but sometimes they've got an area of expertise where I say, can you tell me more about that? Everything's a learning opportunity, always. So you become more well-versed when you do that. You become more worldly. They say knowledge is power. Well, that's not entirely true. It's the application of that knowledge. To something worthwhile that's power but first you got to get that knowledge are you that type of person who uh, tries to look for that information and then from that information actually apply it if you are that's awesome there's your seven give yourself a score how did you do were you close to a 70 were you a 60 were you a 50 to 59 and if you were a little bit lower where can you pick up the slack and learn from it and make some changes to get towards the 70, which is the pinnacle? That was the point of this podcast. Where are you deficient? Where are you strong? Where can you fix it to take your game to a next le the next level and become a high performer? Every time I do these podcasts, I want to give you some real tools, tools so you can win in your own life. 
With that said, I want you to check out ultimatemensplaybook.com for my new program, 21 Strong. Just check it out. It's less a program and more 21 straight days of focus in five key areas to completely optimize your fitness and health. Go check it out. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. And when you apply it, it's going to just totally supercharge your life in the right direction. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Subscribe, share with your friends, and be sure to check out the Ultimate Men's Playbook available now at Amazon.com.